Welcome to The Jeff Lerner Show, where we teach you how to create the awesome life you desire. All right, what's up? We're here uh, on, in, the, in the virtual studio, which means basically we're both connected to the internet, um, with my friend Trevor Cowley, great entrepreneur, great human being, great friend. Uh, and we're going to be talking about busting through little old me syndrome and becoming fully empowered, not only to be successful, but to feel as good as you can feel as you go do what you're, you're capable of doing. Uh, I'll let Trevor introduce himself. Trevor, what's up, my friend? Thanks for being Man, here. Dude, I'm, I'm excited to be on the podcast. I'm excited to be in your presence anytime I'm in your presence. So you're, uh, you're uh, a man that, uh, that's been able to do a lot of things that, that we've seen from a distance. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and my partner. You know, Jeff knows Kel very, very well. Um, and so we've known Jeff for years and years, and it's just been incredible to watch what Jeff has done and how he's grown and built just these massive businesses and just giving massive value to people. So um, anytime that we can be in Jeff's ecosystem, even if it's just, uh, you know, FaceTime on, on a Zoom link on a podcast, you know, we're appreciative of it. So, um, but no, yeah, my name's Trevor Cowley. Uh, me, and, me and my partners, we own several companies. We own Easier Accounting. We own 60-Day Credit Repair. We own TJJK Consulting, we own Future Nutra, and Utex Luxury LLC. So we have a bunch of different business ventures going on. Um, and I'll tell you what, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff has been an amazing individual and an amazing example to us to, to show individuals what's possible, provided you put your head down and put, put the work in. So we appreciate the example. Well, Trevor, I, I appreciate that, man, so much. We should call you, uh, we should call you Mr. Kellogg. Because you're a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, that, sorry. That my first, that might be my first tattoo, Mr. <laughs> Kellogg. You know, like, what does that mean? That, like, that went through my brain. Bit. That went through my brain with the, should I say this, question mark? And I just went for it. That's uh, all good, man. I love it. I love but it. But no, it's, it's cool. It's, and I appreciate it. You know, there's a lot, of, I, a lot of genuine mutual respect and friendship here where, you, you know, in without, you know, making it all about me. It was just so cool to, when I first started my agency, which was for me, my first foray into, you know, a one man, it was my first foray from one man band type of business into, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be a real business owner and I'm gonna open a real office. I'm gonna hire real employees and I'm gonna have to be a leader. I'm gonna have to put yeah. on a nice shirt, not look like a bum. I can't work in my slippers. And I moved into this office and you guys were downstairs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, those guys are like me where I, where I want to be. They have a big office. They have a big staff. They have a big team. It was actually, in ways you guys probably never knew, really inspiring and encouraging to just be upstairs from guys that I really connected with. But yeah. you had a much more mature organization than I did. And, uh, and it was just, it was good, man. You need that in your life. You need people that you can look at that kind of reflect back at you where you want to go. And then, yeah, I've, I've kind of just been riding that wave for the, I guess that was 2013 is when I moved. I was going to say that that's probably been six, seven, eight years. Yeah. So the distance. Seven years and I've just been trying every day, wake up and go, okay, well that was yesterday. What, you know, what, what else can I do today? And yeah. you just keep stacking, right? Yep. That, that's what it's all about is, is constant evolution as an individual, right? And so I think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get it wrong, right? What happens is we get our business to a specific level, whether it's 2 million a year in revenue or 3 million, and then it kind of plateaus. 
right? The business, and then every year you go, you know, January, this is going to be the year. We're going to do 3 million or 4 million. Or five. You know, you go into it with enthusiasm and excitement saying something's going to give or something's going to change. And then year after year after year, your business is doing the same amount of revenue every single year. And it got to the point to where we were doing, you know, three or 4 million a year for a few years in a row. And I'm always analyzing the business, right? Like, man, maybe we just need to spend more money in marketing. Maybe we need to do more of this or that. And a lot of entrepreneurs forget to look at the person in the mirror. Mm. That's the individual driving the business. You are the business. You are making all of the decisions day in and day out of what does and doesn't happen with the business. So if the business has got to a certain level and plateaued, I would suggest that the individual operating the business has got to a certain level and they've got comfortable and they've plateaued based upon either the information that, that, that they stopped putting new information into the mind, right? So they got cocky and they got comfortable. I'm doing that. Nobody could teach me anything, right? And you get to the know-it-all ego syndrome of your business. And that's when you really plateau and, and, and stop progressing individually and financially as a business owner or entrepreneur. And so the moment that, that we really started taking the time to invest into us, the individuals operating the business was the moment that our businesses started to grow again. And so we got plateaued at three or 4 million right around there with a couple of our businesses. That was the total revenue. Last year we did over $10 million a year in revenue. And this year we were on pace for $13 million in revenue. And we just kicked a new company up and running that is already jamming right now. I mean, it should, by this time next year, we'll be billing probably five to $600,000 a month in additional revenue with that company, right? And so the only thing that I can credit it to, it's not to brag or anything like that. I credit that 100% to self-improvement, looking at yourself, taking extreme ownership of your entire situation as a whole, whether your business is doing good or bad, Pat yourself on the back if it's doing good, but continue to always try to involve. But if it's doing bad, you have to own that too. You are part of the solution or you're part of the problem. There's really not a whole lot of in between, but I will tell you, you taking on the role of being able to start educating people, teaching people, that's a huge, huge thing that a lot of people need. They just have to get past their own ego to admit that they need some help. Uh, and once they can really do that, that's when their business will, will turn the corner and actually go from this level to this level to this level. What passes level one, the, you know, whether it's a video game, you know, that, that same technique might not get you past level two on the video game or level 10 or whatever it is. Right. And so you have to be evolving even as a video game player to get to the next levels. And that's almost what it is essentially as an entrepreneur, if you want to go from, $200,000 a year revenue to a million, you need to evolve as an individual. You know, same thing from a million to two or two million to five or five to 10. That's just the way it is. Evolution happens and it can happen provided you put the ego aside and you admit it, that you need a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance, and you turn to people like Jeff or other coaches or mentors that could potentially maybe advise you, help you, coach you, see things from a different angle. And at that point, you, you, you'll be a better human being, a better father, a better business partner, a better, you know, husband, better entrepreneur. I mean, it, it carries over in, into many, many things with inside of your life. As you know, when you started focusing more so on self-improvement, 
and yeah. looking within, that's when you really just started growing as a human being. And again, that human being covers all areas, dad, you know, father, uh, husband, uh, uh, business owner, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, first of all, we could stop this, this whole conversation right now. And we've already got the soundbite that I'm always, you know, I'm always on the lookout for as a marketer. It's like, what's the, what's the takeaway? Your business didn't plateau. You plateaued, right? <laughs> just, just, I mean, it, damn. <laughs> dude, truer words, man. Truer words. I, I, I hear it's so true what you're saying. And, and, you know, I think about my audience and who, who's, who's going to see this. Yeah. And it's a, it, you know, really, I, I like to think my cross section of the world is people that want to make their people that are willing to do the work to make their life better. Everybody wants their life to be better. Of course. But I'm talking the much smaller subgroup of people that are willing to do almost whatever it takes within ethical and legal boundaries, like mm -hmm. whatever it takes. That group of people, I hope I have attracted them. That's certainly who I'm trying to attract. But within that, like, you know, there's, there's basically, I would say there's people that are maybe employees that are like, if I could just figure out how to replace my income with something that I controlled, that would bring a number of benefits, right? Flexibility, yeah. freedom, time, probably more financial upside, uh, sure. more confidence because I, I day to day, I, I endure more risk and I, and I persevere and, and probably maybe there's a feeling of like, I don't, I'm not under somebody else's thumb. I'm more exactly. self-empowered or, you know, whatever. I get a lot of young people where, and, and, you know, I try to read between the lines a little bit. I think there's a, a dawning awareness inside of people that are going through the mainstream educational system that like, hey, we might not be getting told the whole story because I get so I many. I, I've even had my, my uh, advisory team, the people that work with my students have messaged us and said, hey, Jeff, are we intentionally targeting minors? Because we're getting 14, 15, 16-year-olds going through our training, wow. probably with their parents' credit cards. And we've had to put controls in place. And wow. if somebody wants to buy some of our higher-level products now, we have parental consent forms <laughs> and stuff. Because there's so many young people coming in. And it's not only young people, but my point, I'm just saying, I think people that are going through education right now realize there's this whole other world of knowledge and information and strategy and opportunity that they're not being exposed to. So I think there's a lot of those. And then there's people who have businesses and maybe have more what we would consider traditional brick and mortar, you know, older school businesses, but they know that there's been this, this evolution and almost revolution with the new digital economy and they're maybe wanting to modernize or up level or, so I kind of think that those are the three camps that I think tend to be here. And what I would encourage all three of those camps is to realize that what you just said is a one size fits all truth. Mm -hmm. It's not about just taking your, you know, they might've heard your story on, well, he's at three or 4 million or he was, and he's trying to get to 10 or 20 million. So, so he invested in coaching or he invested in networking or he invested in a mastermind or he invested in new mentors or surrounding himself with new people or whatever. But I'm just at my $50,000 a year job and I want to figure out how to replace that with online business. Or I'm, you know, I'm 16 years old and I just want to be able to, you know, have a different option to go to college. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. what Trevor said, what you just said, Trevor is the answer for everyone. It's investing in, in multi-aspected education, not just book learning, yeah. investing in personal growth, investing in yourself physically, 
personally, relation, relationally, communicationally, professionally, skills, you know, all of it, surrounding yourself with different people, that is the universal formula. And, and I think a lot, tell me, I'm sure you, you get this too, that sometimes it seems like people are overly fixated on like a tactic or a hack or a shortcut. Yeah. And there's no shortcut. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so I run a, a, an Instagram account called Real Business Owners. We set that up about one year ago. It's got, it's blown up to about 85,000, 86,000 followers now within about 13 months of us setting that up. The podcast is Real Business Owners as well. Jeff's been on that one. Um, but I get messages all the time, uh, you know, what, you're inside of these groups, like, tell me what happens with inside of these groups. And I'm like, dude, I invested in these groups because I wanted to know what happens. But then I stand next to the, these, these guys and these gals, and I see that they're no different than me. They're a human being just like me. They've just made a, an entire different level of commitment to their success than what we've ever seen before. Right. And so once you really start realizing that there's nothing mystical, there's no mystique about success and you stop looking for the shortcut and you just put in the work, the result will be there. It's not if it's when that's like exercising, like, yeah, the result might not show up in two months that you want, but we all know for a fact, if you eat healthy and you exercise, it's only a matter of time that the result will show up that you ultimately want. The problem is, is not enough people are willing to put in the work consistently for a long enough period of time to ultimately see the results that they initially wanted, right? Everything takes a little bit longer than expected and is a little bit harder than what you projected it to be, right? And so when you start, when the rubber meets the road and you're outside of the honeymoon phase of what you want to do with your business, like, oh man, this business, and you get these feelings of, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the honeymoon phase, right? You're so invested into your business and what you're trying to accomplish that you feel so great about it. You expect everybody else to feel the same way about your business that you do, which is <laughs> then you get punched in the mouth, you know, and realize that this does take time. It does take real effort. And then you start appreciating others that are successful because when you look at them previous to having to put in the work, you say they're lucky or they must be a trust fund kid or they must have come from, you know, you label them as something. And the reason why people label somebody as something is because it lets them off the hook of their own laziness. Because if I label you as lucky, that just means I don't have to put in the work because I'm just going to say that you're lucky rather than appreciate the work that you put in to get the result that you've got. Because if I do that, then I would have to admit to myself that I'm lazy and I'm not willing to put in the work to be where they're at. So it's easier to label something, somebody as something rather than, than, than admitting that they've probably put in a massive amount of work and they deserve everything that they have. And mm -hmm. once you get to the point of putting in the work and you realize how long it takes and, and how hard a work that you really have to put in, you look at somebody else as successful and you start appreciating it. And you say, man, they, the amount of work that they've had to put in to own something like that or to build something like that. When I see a large building, like somebody I follow on Instagram, Andy Frisella, he owns First Form, and he's going down this new building that he's building. The only thing I can think of is the mass amount of sacrifice that it took to even erect a building that size. Mm -hmm. And other people are probably like, man, he's so lucky. You know, and so it's just reframing your thoughts and understanding that putting in the work is really what 
provides the result. Quit looking for the cheat code, the up, down, select, select, A, B, A, B, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to pass that level and go on to the new one, right? And so if there was a cheat code, I would say the cheat code is to surround yourself with other people that have already been successful so that you could see they are human. You could see that they're completely normal and you could see that it's really possible provided you make the same sacrifice that they did. And so once you start really taking it off the pedestal and putting it as it's possible, at that point, you're empowering yourself and then you are willing to start putting in the work because you really realize that Jeff is a normal dude. Trevor's a normal dude, right? We've just put in the work. We've done that. We've got up earlier than most people by two or three hours every single morning. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gone to bed thinking about our business and what we could change. We've gone through stresses that a lot of people probably couldn't even bear. That's just the truth of the matter, right? And so, it's, there, there's nothing mystical, there's nothing special about success or the people that, that get success. They're just far more disciplined and consistent than the rest. That's just the truth. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, it's funny. Like the more you talk about it, I was on a, I was on a radio show earlier today with a guy that I, I actually just met on the show. I'd never, I'd never met him before. And he was kind of talking and talking about his businesses. And it's like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of really successful people, I mean, if you know who they are, you know who they are. But if you don't, what, what you know about them is that they're just a, a person, right? A person. Yep. And so, so he's talking about his business. He's like, yeah, I got this little esports business. I got this little, and I'm like, wait, esports? That's not like, you didn't just say you have like a little sporting goods shop. Like an esports business, that means it's like gaming, it's networked, yeah. it's, re, it's role, it's re, whatever they call it, live action. It, 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 it turned out it's, it's a big old business. And uh, I mean, this guy sits on the board of Intel. Yeah. But I had no idea. And, and I'm talking to him and I'm like, I'm like, man, literally until I, till I learned a little bit about what this guy did, did the, only, the only indicator I had that he was really successful was a few little linguistic cues. Mm -hmm. He said like a few things where I'm like, you know, you don't hear most people talk like that, but it's not that he looked different. It's not that he talked different. It's not that he had on $800 sunglasses. He, I'm trying to remember what he said, but he said something like, oh yeah, he was talking about the importance of mentorship mm. and that he mentors some other people and his mentors and, and he credited them with a huge impact. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably, this is probably a successful guy, you know? Successful people tend to understand in a, very, in a very positive and powerful way how important your influences are. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's interesting, in fact, actually it's interesting how much it's, it's the same. Unsuccessful people, people with excuses, victims, yep. people who struggle are usually a direct, uh, a direct aspect of their influences. And really successful people are usually directly reflective of their influences. The only difference is they found that different people to be influenced by. Well, let's be real. Like if you, if you're a woman and you work in a hair salon, I would guess, correct me if I'm wrong. The majority of their friends are other women in the hair salon, right? Or entrepreneurs. They like hanging out with other entrepreneurs because they, we get each other, right? Basketball yeah. athletes hang out with athletes. Drug addicts hang out with other drug addicts. Right. You are who you surround yourself with, right? Like that's just the truth, right? If, if, 
if I'm not a drug addict, I'm not going to put myself in a scenario to hang out with drug addicts. I'm not right. going to put myself in that environment. Right. And so it's funny that the environment is a hundred percent has the ability to change the trajectory of your life period flat out. Like, so one of our coaches and mentors, um, Ed Milet and Andy Frisella, Ed Milet's worth a, a half a billion dollars. So right. when we signed up for this, this coaching and mentoring, uh, you know, we paid $12,000 a month for that, that, that mentorship. Um, and when we went to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to be at his $25 million lake house, right? When we showed up, people said, be prepared for your vision to be stretched. You're starting to surround yourself with different human beings. What you believe to be great and big and your goals to make, you know, be worth $5 million, they're going to, they're, they're, they're not going to let you leave here believing that that's a wonderful goal, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they ringed into us and said, my guess is the majority of you guys in the room, you guys are probably the most successful out of the people that you hang out with. Everybody inside of your circle looks up to you and thinks that you guys make so much money. You guys don't make anything. Let me show you this. And he starts going through bank accounts. He goes, everybody's got problems. My problem is I don't have enough banks to put my money in. He showed us $26 million that he was trying to locate banks to put his money in because he wants the most amount of his money insured that he possibly can. He's like, my problem is, is I'm too cash heavy right now. Hmm. And I'm like, and, and the FDIC like a good problem to me. I'm like, hey, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll store some of it for you or whatever it is, right? But again, surrounding yourself with individuals that can literally show you things that you, you thought were like impossible at one point. You, I remember as a youngster, man, if I made a hundred grand a year, I'm going to live a one, I'm going to have the boat. I'm going to have the house. Cause I thought 10 grand a month was all the money in the world, you know, as a youngster. And then I made a hundred grand in a year and I was like looking around, I'm like, this is it. And then I set my goal at 200, 300, 400, five, and you start hitting each one of those numbers. Right. And you know, you, you start getting to the point to where, yeah, you're doing good chasing your money goals. But when is it a goal about self-improvement, right? And then, and then we got to the point where we plateaued. And then we, you start plateauing and you have money coming in and you feel unfulfilled, right? And so you really, I'm telling you, coaching and mentorship, not only does it help you progress financially, but it helps you become whole as a person, as an individual. Because money itself, yeah, it can fill up a bank account, but it can't fill up your soul. You know, we're, we're all basically, as entrepreneurs, we're, we're chasing money. We're, we're trying to, you know, I don't know what it is. There's got to be something subconscious that happened where we're trying to chase the money for a reason, right? And so maybe, maybe deep down, we feel that that's going to be our fulfillment. That's going to, and then you start realizing how hollow money is. Money's great. I love money. Don't get me wrong. But money fills up your bank account. Impact fills up your soul. And so the real business owner's Instagram account, that's more of, like an impact play, right? Mm -hmm. That makes me feel good about helping other people, right? Just at zero cost, just check out the post. If it impacts one or two, that makes me feel good. No, it doesn't fill up my bank account. The idea is really as an entrepreneur is to figure out how you could do both, right? And I believe that you, you do that very well when you help other people and you're coaching and mentoring them and you're watching them grow, that can fill up your soul, but they're also paying you for valuable information, which can fill up your bank account. And if you can find a, a, 
a point where a business model that can do both fill up your soul and your bank account, that's when you're really winning, right? I mean, I own an accounting firm. Accounting's not going to fill up my soul, right. right? Like it's just, it's a matter of crunching numbers, right? And so I think everybody needs to put themselves in a situation to realize that when you really just focus on you, you become more whole as an individual and then your business becomes more whole by default, everything just starts flourishing in your life through mentorship because you start chasing, you know, a different perspective of having gratitude when you wake up, having gratitude when you fall asleep, uh, writing your goals down, visualizing things differently, all the stuff that the weirdos did when we grew up, right. sitting with your legs crossed and you're meditating or whatever. Like, again, you know, I don't have to sit with my legs crossed to meditate, but I do like taking 10 minutes in the morning sitting in a chair with my eyes closed doing breath exercises, doing things, visualization, you know, all of this stuff was silly, stupid, this, that, the other. If you ask the younger me, the mm -hmm. ego me, right? But through mentorship and through coaching, I've evolved as a human being by default. My relationships get better with my friends, my family, my relationships get better with my employees. The, it gets better with customers by default. The business is winning. I feel like I'm winning. And so it's, it's, it's mentorship, I would say, without a doubt, is, is the thing that will fill up your soul and it will fill up your bank account. It can do both because it teaches you to look inside of you for the solutions rather than looking externally at your business for solutions or looking at Jeff, Jeff needs to come save me, right? No, Jeff can teach you some, some tools that you can then implement, but you, the individual, has to take action on the tools that were given to you. And so this real separator is constant evolution through education and then taking action. Those are the two separators. The individual that really believes that they have it all figured out will plateau, okay? And, you know, they're the reason why they're doing it because they're not willing to take action and, 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 hire somebody externally to show them different things about their business that they didn't see before or show them a new perspective on how to view their business or view their life. Right. I would, on, I, I'll tell you this out of the business coaching that I've got, I feel like I've got just as much life coaching more so than I have business coaching, but the business by default has benefited from it. Yeah. I, it, it's funny. I had, um, in my business, you know, and you know my business pretty well. I mean, full disclosure, Trevor's company does all my business bookkeeping. So, you, you know, because of our friendship and our professional relationship, I mean, if I start a new LLC, I have to let you know and we create a zero file about it. And you got you're, somebody in your organization asked me what it's for and we set yep. up an, a ledger of accounts. Like, you guys know me better than most people. But, I, uh, you know, over the last three years, obviously, I've really, really – leaned into this commitment that you're talking about, about mentorship in both ways, you know, where a, I'm going to seek out people at a level that I know I can be positively influenced by. And also I'm going to do what I think is equally, if not sometimes even harder for people, which is to, I'm going to step into what I believe is my potential yeah. to mentor and lead and coach and teach and whatever because it's it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing where like if I put and I'm sure you can tell me your experience of this with putting yourself out there with this real business owners podcast it's like 
when you start giving value and you start declaring to the world in a very public way that you can't hide from, hey, I am Jeff Lerner. I am a value giver. Mm-hmm. Or I am Trevor Kelly, and I have a podcast now. I am therefore a value. I'm a professional value giver. Yep. And what happens is it, there's, it, it creates like a vacuum where you're like, I have to fill myself up with value so that I can give credibly and in, 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 in where I don't feel like a fraud. Exactly. And you, and, you, and you rise to the occasion. You do. You level yourself up so that you don't feel like a hypocrite going out there and teaching. Look, right? even, even, even the guy that's worth a half a billion dollars that we pay for coaching and mentoring, he has a coach. Yeah. Okay. It just doesn't, it never ends, right? Some of the, I wouldn't say some, I would say the majority of successful people that I know have been coached or mentored, period. And a hundred percent of people that are unsuccessful probably haven't even taken the opportunity to look inside of hiring a coach or a mentor because they can't afford it. Now, that brings me to another point. You can't afford it because you've never done it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, eventually, you've got to take the risk and invest, right? So, if you're broke, that's the exact reason why you need a coach. Because your perspective got you into a negative situation. So, how is the person, that, that, that's like somebody getting me in trouble and then expecting me expecting them to come bail me out. Your brain got you into the trouble and you're right. expecting that same mind and that same brain to get you out of trouble. You right. got to do one or two things. You've got to invest heavily into information, whether it's books, whether it's podcasts, YouTube channels like Jeff, where you can absorb content and absorb information so that your mind changes. The same mind that got you in will not get you out. So something's got to give and something's got to change. So maybe you should take a step outside. So if your brain says, nah, you don't got the money to do that, maybe don't listen to the same brain that, that got you in the situation. They obviously right. haven't gave you good advice up to that point. So why would you now listen to the brain that's telling you you can't afford to invest into mentorship? Think about it. Yeah, because like, you're right. It's the same brain that told you you could afford to invest 20 hours a week into playing Call of Duty. Exactly. Or that, you know, whatever the thing exactly. is, right? It's the same brain. They told you that you needed a $200 pair of sneakers and you saved up for three months. Exactly. Your brain, that's, that brain was wrong. Exactly. (laughs) So if you are in a bad situation financially, whatever the first thought is that comes to your mind, do the opposite. Right. Because your first thought you've listened to for so many years and now you're in a bad situation. The brain is built to obviously seek comfort and, and, and protect you as a human being. Okay, your first thought is not always the truth. Okay, just because it's scary doesn't mean it's not the right choice. It very often means it is the right choice. Yeah, I was just going to say, usually it's it's scary because you've got to put yourself out there where you've got to take a risk. And, and, And again, if you're not taking risks and not putting yourself out there at all, then you're probably not going to ever make a change and you've just got to settle with the idea of living the way that you live now forever. Because that's just the way that it's going to be if you don't start thinking differently or you don't start surrounding yourself with other people and you don't start investing. The problem is, is people choose to believe if getting a mentor or a coach is an investment into Jeff. No, it's not. It's an investment into themselves. You're telling me you're not willing to spend thousands of dollars on you? 
Who else is going to spend thousands of dollars on you to coach you? Nobody. Right. You're not even willing to do it for yourself. No wonder why you're in the situation that you're in. Right. And so, dude, look like too many people, the brain wants to seek comfort, right? We just, we barely just covered that. Right. And so the reality is, is what put me in the situation that I'm in today is when I was a sales rep, I was making 120 grand a year. I was driving a $3,000 Mitsubishi Lancer with zero air conditioning. You know the summers here, yeah. right? It's 110, 115 degrees. I did that for three years. The problem is, is not that it's not possible. The problem is, is people aren't willing to do what it takes. That's the problem. You make 80 grand one year and you think you had a good year and you deserve the BMW or the Mercedes, right? Most people that make 100 grand in a year are going to reward themselves like that. Mm-hmm. I've watched family members work their way up and be very successful, have the big houses and all the things that I wanted when I was young. And then I've watched the evolution of them lose it all. So my biggest fear was being overly confident, thinking that, okay, I make 120 grand a year. Now I can just, now I can, now I can have $8,000 a month in bills. Mm -hmm. right? Right. So the issue is, is people need to be willing to take a step backwards and, and, and initially, when you're taking money out of your pocket to invest into yourself and invest into a coach or a mentor, that is a step backwards financially, right? You are moving backwards to gain something to then project forward, right? I literally took a step back from a potential wonderful life making 120 grand a year. Uh, I could have had the, the trucks or the cars and a boat and a nice house and then if I lost my income, I'm screwed like everybody else, right? But I wanted to set myself up for a massive amount of opportunity. And I know opportunity seeks out two things, either skill sets or money. And I'm not the smartest guy in the whole world, so I don't have a lot of skills. So I knew I really only had one option. I better find a, a way to make decent money for myself and let opportunities find that money. Because it's funny, a lot of people that are broke or poor, they're always complaining about not being able to find an opportunity. The question is, is what value do you bring in? Right, right. If I sat there and said, hey man, I got an opportunity for you. You invest 50 grand into this business with me and it can make you a couple hundred grand every single year for the rest of your life. They don't have the ability to execute. They bring it no value, therefore it doesn't present itself. I knew for a fact if I was disciplined enough with money for a long enough period of time, it would stack up in my bank and then I would be able to have to seize every opportunity that came my way. And that's what happened. Okay. So a lot of people need to be willing to eat crow for two years, three years, four years, five years. But the issue is, is everybody's worried about what somebody else thinks of them. That's why they don't put themselves out there on social media. That's why they overextend themselves with the nice stuff because they're worried about what the Joneses down the street has. And man, I'm trying to keep up over here. Like I need to get this new vehicle, the new boat, the new trailer, the new that, you know, whatever it is. The only reason why you're doing that, if you want true wealth and to be financially independent and that's your true, true goal or not to just look wealthy, then make sure your actions match. Your actions going out there, you know, somebody gets a $2 pay raise, they go trade in their car because now they can afford a car payment that's $200 a month more rather than saying, okay, wow, I got $200 a month more that I can put to the side that within a few years could potentially give me the opportunity to invest into something. Mm -hmm. So people need to take a back seat for a couple years and, and put the work in, in the dark. 
a champion, a champion, a true champion has a championship work ethic prior to the championship. They're working in the dark right now before they've ever had the light shine on them, where before they've ever held the trophy up. The problem is, is everybody wants to hold the trophy up in entrepreneurship and say, look at my cars, look at my houses, look at my, I'm a business owner. And then they overextend themselves. They take the money out of their business. Okay. And therefore stunt the growth of their business and what its true potential is. I'm a king of taking back seats to, you know, a, a lifestyle. I still live in the same house I bought before I made a hundred grand in a year. Hmm. I've lived in the same house for 10 years. I drive a truck that's been paid off for eight years and I make above a half a million dollars a year every single year, all day. And I can pay myself more, but we keep mass amounts of money with inside of the businesses so that when issues like this come up, some random virus, we're prepared for right. any uncertainty that happens. Now, nobody foresaw obviously this, but we are prepared in any scenario because we have the money sitting in the bank. We're prepared for opportunity. We're prepared for something uncertain, some devastating things to potentially happen that are unforeseen. So it's just a matter of mass amounts of discipline, mass amounts of discipline. I can drive a Ferrari, I can drive, and I can pay cash for these type of vehicles. I choose not to because my true goal is real, real wealth. And that's what people really need to internalize. Like, if you really want to get wealthy, you'll stop caring about what the person that makes 50 grand a year thinks about you because you're, you don't care. You're, you're not trying to aspire to be them. Mm -hmm. Like I pull up next to stoplights and people that drive much nicer things to, than me. And I sometimes chuckle to myself seeing an 18 or 19 year old driving a $50,000 Benz. And I have my 2010 Toyota Tundra, right? With 108,000 miles on it. I still take the same discipline that I did with the with that Lancer that was a $3,000 Lancer with no AC, I still do that today with a truck. I don't overextend myself. I'm but very, did, I will, very I will acknowledge you for getting yourself some air conditioning. I did get air conditioning. <laughs> every so often, I turn it off just to remember where I came from. That, that's and, that's no, awesome. I'm just kidding. I actually blasted. I don't turn it off. But, and I, tr I truly think that that's an issue in, in this day and age with entrepreneurship is just be like we've talked about, be willing to put in the work, be willing to sacrifice, be disciplined enough to do it for a long enough period of time to where the results by default will be there. That's just the truth. You know, I, uh, I say this all the time. I say this mostly to myself. Um, I, I, and and, and I, I have as a point of pride, I try not to say things to the world that I don't say to myself yeah. as much or more. And the thing is, I always say is, it's supposed to be hard. It is. Like hard things are the right things. Hard things are the best things. And, and it's easy to say that. So what, you know, my, and we've talked about this. I, I try to make myself go to the gym back when you could go to the gym a month ago. And I will again. Yeah. Uh, lately, it's been home workouts. Like I like to get up early, which is always hard. It never gets easy. Uh, never, and I make never myself even. work out really hard because it's hard. Yep. And then I get to check the box and say, hey, I did a hard thing today. And then I say, I hope I get to do something else hard today. At least I know I did one hard thing. Mm -hmm. I hope I get to do something else that's hard. And I, I just, I don't know where I came by it, but I've just disciplined myself. Like it's hard to be smart all the time. Like you, like you said, you're not the smartest guy. I, I honestly used to think I was a lot smarter than I do now. 
Because back when I was smarter, my results were much worse. Back when I thought of myself as like a smart guy. Now, the more I accept how much I don't know, and, and, and I, try to, I try to lean more on principles and values than on intellect and formulas. Yep. Um, and, and, and ultimately, the underlying principle and value, and it's the, the very first value on my value sheet that I, you know, every member of my company gets, every, every one of my customers gets, is to eagerly do hard things well. And I, I, I commend you for that one. I mean, it's, that's it, man. And, and it, it seems like the subtext of so many messages, and I'm sure you get this too. You know, once you start putting yourself out there on social media, the world is like, oh, sweet, this guy will, this guy will tell me the secret, right? And they start yeah. directing, you get Instagram DMs, you get Facebook oh, yeah. DMs. Oh, yeah. And the subtext, the unwritten, you know, verbiage of, of literally probably 80% of the messages I get is tell me how to make it easier. And, and sometimes there's some really genuinely like heart tugging stories yep. about like, you know, I live, I live with my mom and we have these problems or my, my wife left me or I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single, I mean, the single dad stories really get me. I'm a dad. I imagine what if yeah. I was having to do this without my wife or like people like I lost my spouse to cancer, like stuff that it, it starts to feel uncomfortable to go, well, like it would be inappropriate for me to say, Hey, that sounds really hard, but trust me, it's for the best. Yeah. Like there's some situations where you like, it's not my place to say that. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I always think I cannot tell you how I cannot tell you when, but there's some way that this is exactly what you needed. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly how it was supposed to be. I, I'm a firm believer in it. Now when, now, now when problems happen, I sit back with a smile on my face and I'm like, Okay, where's the opportunity? Because I know it's there. When you've been in business long enough and you have hindsight so many times over on yeah. what presented itself as a problem, and then when you created the solution, your business ultimately got much better and then you went to the next level. You know? And so when I'm a firm believer that it's a problem is not telling you that your business doesn't work. It's just trying to reroute you yeah. to the proper course. It's not a stopping block. It's just a rerouter. So some people think, Oh, I've got this problem. I've got uh, my business can't work. No, it's not. It's not stopping you. It's just trying to reroute you just like a river. Just go with it. Right. Yeah. The mountains are there. It's not going to sit there and keep block. Like it's just going to go around it and it's going to, again, you'll be fine. But Dude, I'm telling you right now, you're spot on with doing the hard stuff flat out. And here's why. Because most people, like in a scenario that we're in right now, right, something hard just hit the entire world, this virus that came out of nowhere, right? And so everybody's in a man, uh, uh, panic, a mad panic, right? There's so much uncertainty. There's this, there's that. The fact is, is when you put yourself in so many uncertain scenarios and so many difficult scenarios forced on by you because you got up when you said you were going to get up, even though you didn't want to, you did those extra reps, even though you didn't want to. You or you spent $12,000 a month to be around different people. Exactly. You did yeah. that. Ask me, $12,000 a month is a lot of money. I, I'm a human being too. I can sit there and say, man, that can buy a mansion on any hill, right? right. Like. But the reality is, I don't want to just stop there. I want something greater than just a mansion on the hit. Like, I justify things as well. Like, man, I could do a lot with it. I could live a much better life with that type of money. But I'm a firm believer that it's an investment in myself and, and, and I'll hit a new level. But 
the reality is, is the individuals, I see a lot of entrepreneurs because I'm a part of these, these groups, right? And they don't seem like that they're having the same struggles that the common person is having with a third party scenario, like a virus coming into their world that makes things difficult. They're all staying optimistic. They're all looking for opportunities because they've put themselves in so many uncertain and difficult scenarios before that they don't um, overly panic, right, about a scenario. So because we've been in so many hard scenarios, you've been in difficult scenarios. Now when something happens, it's just an opportunity for strength, for growth, and it's an opportunity to reshift and do something a little bit different or make the adjustment. And we don't we logically approach a problem or an issue now versus emotionally, which is what happens in early entrepreneurship. We get flustered. We get angry. There's a problem constant. When is this going to stop? Problems never stop in business. They are always there. You just get better at reframing the problem and looking at it a little bit differently and finding the opportunities within the issues or within inside of the problems. And then when it happens, you again, you don't get flustered as much, but you've got to be used to putting yourself in difficult scenarios so many times, day in, day out, that when an outsourced difficult scenario comes into your life, you don't panic like the average person panics because you've overcome so many hard things already. Yeah, I, 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 I've started thinking in my mind, because you know this, you mentioned obviously what's going on in the world. If somebody's seeing this video five years from now, Trevor and I are shooting this in the time of stay-at-home, uh, COVID-19, yeah. frenzy, panic, whatever. Yeah. And, and so all the news headlines, right? And, and you know, we have, like on, on the iPhone, you, you swipe left or swipe right, and you get the, the top news stories, right? And they always seem to put something in from BuzzFeed. You know, BuzzFeed, which is the ultimate crack dealer, and crack manufacturer of like, we know what sucks people in, right? And so I've started thinking about the world in terms of like, what would BuzzFeed have to say about this? And I need to get as far on the other side of the spectrum as possible. And so you look at BuzzFeed right now and there's like, you know, 12 people who took social distancing to an extreme or 12 way, you know, it's always a number and it's slideshows or whatever. It's like, you know, the 10... Uh, the 10 scariest story, COVID-19 stories that we found or, or, you know, it's always like the clickbait. Yeah. The clickbait, the, uh, and it's always stuff that amps up the emotion, amps up the fear, amps up the intensity, sucks out, sucks away the time, drains the mental energy. Mm. And the, the, the correct response is always, you know, people say like they wear those bracelets, like WWJD, like what would Jesus do? Right. Yeah. 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 Christian. So I, I think of like a bracelet WWBD or BS, what would BuzzFeed say is the opposite of, of the right move or how would BuzzFeed think about this? I need to go as far in the opposite direction as possible. BuzzFeed would have you be completely terrified, yep. completely engrossed in, in all the ways that you can and should be terrified, you know, dramatizing it to, to the nth degree. And the correct response is over here, which is like you're saying, it's basically the stoic response. It's like, hmm, okay, that's sad over there. Like that person's sick, that's sad, but I'm not sick, so I'm grateful for that. And 
uh, okay, you know, over the, I don't, I can't control that by the way. I don't have a mask. I don't yeah. have medical training. I can't add to that situation. So although it's sad for me right now in this moment, it's irrelevant. And then over here, I see all these people doing this. So where's the opportunity in that? Like it's very, I use the term stoic. People that are engrossed in the drama would say that it's heartless. It's not heartless. It's just efficient. So, so, so having a heart then, let's just play that. What, right. so, so if I'm over there in fear, worry, pity for other people, you know, all of this stuff, how is that the right thing to do? Like, yeah, I, I, don't under, I, I don't understand how that helps anybody. It's not helping you. So if everybody focused on the individual that they actually can direct affect, which is themselves, then we as a world would be a much better place, right? right? Because there wouldn't be so many people trying to give to other people because we only have, we have to fill up our cup first so that we have more to give, right? And so the reality is, is again, what's happening, like there's a lot of sad things that happen every single day on earth right? That we just don't know about. Does that mean we're heartless because we don't go seek it out? No, the news just tries to throw it in front of us, you know? And so we're just block, 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 block. Like why, why would we focus on negativity? Negativity is not something that you ultimately want in your life. And let's be real, the news and the media, the clickbait is all based upon fear because if there's something that 12 cases of the worst case, well, I don't want the worst case. Well, what did they do that, that, that I don't want to do so that I don't end up like them? Let's go ahead and click on it, you know? And so the, the, the idea of clickbait is just to actually really be very fear, fearful, scary, uncertain, right? Uh, let, let's, let's be realistic. If there was five different things uh, and four of them are super scary where it looks like it's the end of the world, and then something super positive, like the air pollution is down, which one are you going to click on? <laughs> You're going to click on, you know, people are right. naturally, they, the, the fear-based one, because they want to protect themselves, right? Naturally, we all want to protect ourselves and stay comfortable. That's what your mind is there to do. So therefore, you need to know the bad that's out in the world so that you could ultimately protect yourself, which you need to, you need to protect yourself by not viewing that information because energy is everything. Energy is everything. If you ask me, I am successful based upon one thing, my energy. Yeah. My energy. What you bring to the table energy-wise is a, is it, it could be an absolute game changer because look, I grew up poor. I didn't do well in school. I didn't even graduate with my high school class on time. I became a drug addict by the age of 19, was shooting up heroin daily till the age of 23. Okay. So I am nothing special. The thing that I bring to the table that other people usually can't bring to the table is a specific level of energy and enthusiasm. And when somebody's enthusiastic and has positive energy, it's a magnet. It's a, people just want to be around it. And so I've become successful through the means of being a great salesperson. And I've used my energy to create more sales for myself that generated a higher income, that higher income helped me save more money in the bank that generated more opportunity for me because of my energy and enthusiasm. Then I use my money and my energy to then start building businesses with my business partners. And so you've got to protect that energy. Don't focus on the negativity that's going on. Focus on what you could do to put yourself in a better situation. Because if I'm worth 
$50 million, I can help far more people in my family, my friends, my loved ones than I can if I'm broke staring at the news all day in fear and uncertainty. So, you, so let me ask you this. You mentioned, uh, you know, you got on the, obviously you started working on the phones doing sales at some yep. point, right? Yep. And, and I've owned phone sales company before. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, you know, I don't know, I don't know your history. I don't know your personal story. I mean, thank you for sharing that, by the way, and being vulnerable. Yep. You know, yep. you had, sounds like five years as a drug addict. Yeah, from, from 19 to 23. So it was four years. Okay. Four years. Yeah. So, so at some point you said, okay, I gotta, I gotta make a shift. I gotta do something different. When did you start selling on the phones? So actually I got into selling, um, when I was 19, <laughs> Okay. Here's, the issue. Here, here's the issue. When I was 19, I started coming into money. So they say fast money builds ego, slow money builds character, right? And so I started coming into fast money being a sales guy because I was pretty good at it, right? And at 19, I was invincible. I was unstoppable. I, my ego is just growing as my income is growing as I'm, as I'm a sales rep. And so, you know, there's, there's these other sales guys that I turn to and look up to that were older than me. I'm 19 years old. I'm very susceptible to, you know, a 28, 29, 30 year old that makes a couple hundred grand a year. And I think 50 to 60 grand a year at 19 was all the money in the world. Right. Um, and they said, Hey, have you ever tried this? You know, and it was a painkiller. Right. And, and I said, what's that? And they said, well, it's kind of like a lower tab, but it's, you know, an Oxycontin right? Which 17, 18 years ago, nobody knew how powerful those were. So they just labeled it as just a painkiller. And they said, man, it really puts you in the zone. You could sell a lot if you try this. And I'm like, well, I like money. So I'm going to try it. And so I tried it because I, and it worked and I did start selling even more, but the problem was more money was going out the window than what was coming in because I now had a new habit. By the time I realized that it, it fully had got me, was about four months later when I ran out of money and I was willing to try and do whatever I could to stay out of the pain that was starting to kick in when I didn't use for, you know, a day or whatever it was. And then somebody said, well, hey, here's heroin. It's cheaper. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can't afford the other. So then I'm, then I'm compromised to the fact that I either choose to go through the pain of withdrawal or try something new that's even another step further, deeper in the wrong direction. So the fact that I came into money so quick and was so at a young age and was again, surrounded by people that I probably shouldn't have been surrounded by, which by default affected me and affected my decisions. Just like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the power of surrounding yourself by around millionaires is real because you'll probably end up being a millionaire. I surrounded myself with sales reps that I looked up to that had a bad habit by default, I ended up having a bad habit because I surrounded myself with those type of people. And so it took me on this, you know, again, this, this trajectory of becoming a major drug addict for four years of my life. And then I got out of of being a drug addict. I went up into the Hills and went through withdrawals uh, in a, in a camp trailer with my mom, you know, at 23 years old. And I sat there and shivered and threw up and, you know, went through the whole nasty experience of, of coming down off of drugs. And then I keep that experience very close to my heart because I don't ever want to forget the pain that, that, that I went through. Because if I forget how painful that process was, I'll be more susceptible to maybe say yes to something I shouldn't say yes to. There's a reason why there's a high relapse rate with drug addicts, right? Mm-hmm. Because they forget the pain that they went through. 
And so there's certain things that I keep very, very close to my heart. And that is, that is one of my, I would say, core memories. And I want it to be a core memory because I don't ever want to get too big of an ego where I think I'm bigger than that and that that will never control me ever again. And so I keep that experience very close to heart. I, I got clean. I went back into sales and I made sure the sales environment was a different environment. I went to a company and I evaluated the company. They wanted to drug test me. And I was like, cool, this is a good company to work for. If that's what they're asking, just, you know, going in. So yeah. now I know I'm going to be surrounded by positive people that are trying to progress financially as sales reps rather than, you know, kind of mess around and dabble in things that they shouldn't be dabbling in. And so um, I'm very grateful for that experience. Um, you know, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but I would say that, um, you know, I have, I, I, uh, I learned a lot. Um, and, and part of it was be careful who you hang out with and be careful who you surround yourself with, whether it's positive or negative, you know, the negative can, they really can pull you down. If you're around something long enough, you're, you will eventually get pulled down with negative people. It's just impossible. And that's why even watching the news, it goes back. If you're surrounding yourself with negative news clippings all day, you are what you absorb. You are what you're around. That's just the truth, right? Like somebody's eating double doubles every single day with a large fry. They're <laughs> bigger than the average person. They are what they eat, right? Yeah. And, 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 and you are what you consume. Isn't it funny that you choose to consume positive things that are, that are there to help you grow and evolve as an individual and yet you've grown and evolved every single year as an individual and a, as a business owner? It's based upon what you consume and who you surround yourself with. I can't, I can't stress that enough, but at, uh, at, at 24, I went into sales, you know, by 27, um, I had an opportunity to invest, um, with Kel in, in a business and, and that's really, you know, the rest is, is history. We've started business after business after business, but if I didn't, if I wasn't disciplined in driving that, that, that $3,000 Lancer, when yeah. the opportunity presented itself, I wouldn't have had the money to invest and then I would have been stuck scrambling for money. Um, and maybe not be in the situation that I'm in today, financially and personally, if I wouldn't have drove that car and saved the money that I saved. So, I, I, first of all, this is why I love these interviews, man. You get to know people in ways, you, I, I mean, you just never would otherwise, right? Yeah. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. There's so much wisdom in what you said. I hope that especially the young people that I've been honestly pretty excited to find out that, I mean, I'm 41 years old. I feel like an old guy. There's apparently a lot of young people that are following and listening. Good. I hope they heard every word you just said about influences, fast money builds ego, slow money builds character. People are in such a hurry nowadays. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, they don't, like you said, they don't want to, or the, the successful people that they're looking at and they're, they're maybe looking up to or aspiring to be like, you never knew who they were when they were toiling in the, in the shadows for not, years, if not decades, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also this idea that, well, you, ha, you know, you were given a silver spoon or you were born with the right connections or something. I mean, you know, you're, t you're telling a story of coming from a, a, a poor family, getting hooked on drugs, you know, essentially started completely starting over at 23. You lost everything because you're spending more than you were making on the wrong stuff, having to physically be stripped down what in what sounds just like an absolutely brutal experience that I can't even imagine. Yeah. And it sounds like that hard thing forged you. 
Mm. Hard things forge people. And, and, and that hard thing that maybe you didn't, you didn't choose in that way, but in, a, in another way you did. I did. I you put did. that upon myself, but I was too young to realize that, you know, um, the importance of who you surround yourself but with. But that, that and, stuff and, breaks a lot of people. A lot of people don't bounce back from that. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, one of my best friends dur during that time and even after that time, he struggled with drugs on and off for many, many years to the point to where, you know, a year and a half, a half ago, um, I had to speak at his funeral uh, because he overdosed, right? So I've seen, I've seen, and I've got other friends that are still in and out of jail, right? I just choose not to communicate with them. I see what's going on. But again, it's not up to me. I can't pull that. I can't force them to make a better decision for themselves. I can lead by example and I can check in on them and let them know that I am here to help if they have questions about business or this and they want to improve. If somebody texts me right now and says, Trevor, man, like I really want to change my life. I want to improve. I'm committed. Like, like I'm going to ignore a text like that. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. And so, but the issue is, is Again, I, one thing that I noticed about some of the same friends that, that I used to run around with, they're still running around with the same people. Yeah. I don't run around with the same people. If I still was hanging out with them, I would still probably have battles back and forth with addiction. You know? And so the power, the power of your group is amazing. Yeah, it's, and it's, and it's it's actually a, a tremendous form of delusion and arrogance to think that you're the human being that is not affected by your group. Like yeah. you're the one person in all of human history yep. who's so strong yeah, yeah. that you're not affected by the energy you surround yourself with. It's actually so silly. And yet so many people persist in thinking that it's not, you know, their influences aren't really a factor in their outcomes. You know what? You know what really bugs me is when people say rich people get richer, and 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 the reason why it bugs me, and I believe it to be true, to a certain extent, right? And the reason why it's true is because the rich have found out the power of coaching and mentoring, the power of always surrounding themselves with somebody that's greater than themselves. They're always evolving, therefore their income always evolves, right? And poor people stay poor because they stay with the same mindset that got them poor, just as we talked about earlier, right? And so it's not that the opportunity isn't there. You have to take advantage of surrounding yourself with people, buying into coaching and mentoring and continuing to educate yourself, and you will evolve as an individual and start morphing into what you used to look up to. And then, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. I didn't make the rules here. It's yeah. just, I just, you know, I'm a creature that analyzes a lot of stuff and I can see patterns. Successful people hang out with successful people because they want to continue to see success and they know that they're the average of the five people that they surround themselves with. Yeah. I don't hang out anymore. I really just don't, I don't go hang out. That's not my thing. I don't do that, right? I don't see value in that. I'm not progressing as an individual. Right. And when I do hang out, so to speak, I'm usually hanging out with other people that are business owners. So when I have a conversation with them, we have topics to communicate about. Right. By the way, this is this is what I consider hanging out. Literally what we're doing right now. Like this is the most I've ever hung out with Trevor, except when I was exactly. on Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and it's always a wonderful conversation because we understand each other deeper than most people can understand a friend that they've hung out with for 10 years that don't do anything positive together. 
I know you better without even having to hang out with you week after week after week because I know what you go through because I go through the same things you go through. The one thing that's universal, whether you own a retail business, an online business, uh, an accounting company, uh, it doesn't matter. One thing that's common is struggles. And if somebody I see is successful, I know for a fact I can relate to that person and I know things about that person. I know that they're an individual of character. I know that they're an individual that are disciplined, that, have, that are consistent. If they say they're going to do something, they usually follow through with it based upon where they're at because they're making promises to themselves and keeping it. And the hardest promise to keep is the one that you make to yourself. The fact is, it's easier to tell a friend, hey, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow at the gym at 6 a.m. You're more likely to show up knowing that your friend is going to be there waiting for you and you don't want to let them down. But if you told yourself the night before you're going to be at the gym at 6 a.m. and the alarm goes off and nobody's waiting on you, it's so much easier to sleep in and back out and keep a promise to somebody else than it is to keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you are an individual that's an entrepreneur, you're not keeping promises to anybody else but yourself. You have to hold yourself accountable to a whole new standard. And when I, when I talk to an entrepreneur, owning easier accounting, I get, a, I get the luxury of communicating right. with a lot of business owners. I get on the phone with a business owner within five minutes. We're freaking rolling back and forth. I can totally understand what all of their pains are, <laughs> what all of their struggles are as an entrepreneur. And based upon their revenue and how many years they've been in business, I can kind of see where they're at and guide them and say, you've taken this thing as far as you could take it. Now start investing into yourself through coaching and mentoring. Let another set of eyes take a look at your business or you hire somebody to give you a new set of eyes to look at your business through new information that you're getting, right? You know, you, you use the term mentoring and I want to, that's a term that you and I are so steeped in at this point. I'm bought I, in, man. I'm I, bought I, in. I, and, and I am too. And you know, it's yeah. funny not to veer off on my own tangent, but you know, in fall of 2018, I had a major problem. Okay. And, and actually I think I will go on this tangent because it, it, it captures what we're talking about pretty well. Okay. And for my audience, at least here's a little transparency into my life. Fall of 2018, I had a, I had a company that was selling internet based, uh, basically an internet based business opportunity. Okay. And, I decided what I love about what I'm doing is the, the evangelism, the inspiration, the leadership, the teaching, the coaching, but I actually hate the idea of selling a business opportunity mm. because when people buy business opportunities, it's kind of that MLM mindset. Yeah. They think they're buying a, a, a widget or a, a thing that's going to produce the result for them instead of buying you know, yeah. uh, uh, maybe education or yep. coaching or leadership to, to actually build them into the person who's going to create the result for themselves. Yep. Totally different paradigm. And so I loved what I was doing, but I hated what I was doing it with. Mm. I didn't want to do a business opportunity anymore. And there's a dynamic on the internet where business opportunities are typically sold what they call blind. So you land on a page on the internet, like what they call a landing page. And it doesn't say, this is Jeff Lerner. Follow me on YouTube, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. I will train you, I will teach you, I will coach you. No, 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 that's not what Biz Opportunity does. Business Opportunity says, would you like to make $400 a day working from home? Click here to find out how. 
Yep. And you click it and you go to a page and you still don't meet Jeff Lerner. What you say is, you know, this system, we've hacked the secret code and this system will show you how ordinary people are, you know, teachers and plumbers and roofers yep. are quitting their jobs left and right and money's falling from the sky. And it, it's a completely different marketing angle. And you never even meet the guy behind the curtain mm -hmm. until you're already halfway into the business. Yep. And, and in 2018, because I, I loved that I was leading and teaching and coaching and, and evangelizing, but I hated the business opportunity aspect of it. I was like, how do I, how do I get to keep doing what I love, but change what I'm doing it with? And I was stuck. I was mm -hmm. stuck. And I, what did I do? And, and this, and, and bear in mind, in realizing that I didn't love what I was doing, that company, because I'd kind of lost my passion for it, the revenue had started to fall. Yep. And it fell from, you know, at, at its peak, it was doing well over a million dollars a month. So, you know, we did, I think our best year was like $14 million in 12 months. And it had fallen down to where it was like 600,000, 400,000. And I don't remember the exact trajectory, but I could see it was in, it was in decline. And what I did, but, but I knew I didn't know what to do. So what did I do? I hired a coach, 10,000 bucks a month. Just added to my, 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 or subtracted from my bottom line, which was already shrinking. I was just going to say, and, and you're investing yeah. in less money. Yeah, I right. had to, I had to lean, lean into the wind, right? Exactly. And, and, and you know what he told me? He said, Jeff, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. What you need to do is going to be maybe the hardest thing you've ever been asked to do professionally. You have to go crazy producing social media content. Mm. You have to completely redefine yourself to the market. And in most cases, you have to define yourself to the market for the first time because the world has changed. And you used to be able to run blind offers and you used to be able to be anonymous and faceless. And I did what was called affiliate marketing where nobody cared who Jeff Lerner was. And, I, and he's like, but in order to get where you want to go, you have to become the brand. You yep. have to become the offer. You have to tell the world who you are. So I started putting out Facebook videos and YouTube videos and going live and pre-recording. And, you know, but I didn't have, I didn't have lights. I didn't have teleprompters. I didn't have any of this gear in my life. I was I was just walking around with my phone like this, and, just talking. Yep. And, and, you know, I'd put a video, you probably remember this. Yeah. Yep. I'd put a video out and it would get like seven views and four negative comments from one <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Going, Who the hell is this dipshit to tell me what's yeah. up? You yeah. know, th th this guy's doing pretty well for a retarded kid. Yeah. And like, I mean, mean stuff. Oh, yeah. And it was very, it was, it was nasty and it was spiteful. And my, and my coach, he was like, I told you it was going to be hard. Yep. He's like, yeah, remember that feeling you had when you were a kid and you used to get bullied really bad? Well, well by the way, you're going to get to work, deal with that now too. You're going to yep. get, you're going to have 10 years of therapy compressed into the next six months of your life if you keep doing this. And, it's, and it's here's incredible. the thing, I have... I own, you know, I have Entra, my company, like I'm on a trajectory. My, my brand is expanding. Our business is growing as, as tragic and maybe, you know, unempathetic as it may sound. This pandemic just drove millions of people into our ecosystem because now everybody's at home trying to learn how to make money on the internet, like, yep. and build, yep. a, you know, yep. there's a whole lot of things that are happening right now because a year and a half ago, a, I in invested money I didn't have into a, into a mentor or a coach that I really needed. And when he told me to do something that was the last thing I wanted to hear, 
I did it more than he ever expected I would. And now, like you said, people say, oh, Jeff's really lucky because this pandemic hit and he's got some job he can do from home and he gets to just make videos. And, but yeah. Jeff's really lucky. That was, it, it was, a, it still, I was, I was 40 years old and I thought I'd already done the hard stuff. Yeah. Or maybe I was 39. And here I was being told, no, Jeff, you got to do it again. You're 39. You get to reinvent yourself again and do hard stuff again and deal with stuff that you've dodged for, for 30 years now. And now I'm, now I'm lucky, right? Now I'm the lucky guy. And yeah, you, you, lucky you, <laughs> you know, uh, you've spent money that you didn't really have to spend. Lucky you really yeah. like, no, you, 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 you did what and was, he was right. He was right. And, and I shudder to think, here's the thing, man, like to your point, where would you be right now if you didn't invest that 12 grand a month? I couldn't dude. I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I know that right, for a fact, right. right? Once we started investing into, again, coaching, mentoring, however you want to call it, self-improvement, call it whatever you guys want to call it, right? From that point on, you know, we have an Instagram account that's been blowing up. We have a podcast that's been blowing up. All of these things, again, take exposure. With, with exposure comes a lot of negative people, as Jeff just talked about. You know how many times, I, who, who would hire this guy wearing a baseball cap for accounting? Who tucked, smart people don't tuck their ears in their hats. That guy must be a trust fund kid. This, that, I, I mean, I heard it all right? Who does he think he is? Mm -hmm. You know, all, all of and those things. And the thing is, they don't, they don't come at you now because you got 85,000 followers. I've got the social proof now. But when you had eight followers, yep. they thought you were the little runt alone in an alley and that they could pick on you and nobody would see, right? Exactly. Exactly. The, the page doesn't get the hate that it used to get because they know I got 85,000 behind me. If you say something negative, I have 85,000 positive people that are trying to do something better with their life and they see one person being negative, here it comes. And you're going most to get people, Most people never even get through the first eight. They don't. Because, because, because not, to, not to make a rhyme here, but because they're scared of the one person's hate. Exactly. It's the so one true, person dude. who's less successful than them has less ambition, lower aspirations, exactly. never get criticized by somebody more successful than you. Never, never. Successful people aren't going to say, you're dumb for doing that. You know, like when you're trying to level up because they've gone through the same process. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go through some humiliating things and put yourself out there. And then eventually your ego dies and you stop really caring about what other people think. And you put out videos and you're like, somebody says something negative one time. And you're like, hey man, wish you well. Or man, that, all that's doing is really exposing your mindset more so than it is saying something about me, which you don't know anything about me, right? The, the, the unfortunate part about it is, is again, it's easier for that individual to label something else, somebody as something else, um, rather than them take a hard look in the mirror and figure out what they can do to better themselves because all you were doing was putting out information that was beneficial to them at zero cost. If they right. were smart, they'd click on the damn thing and listen and give it a listen. But they, they think they've got it all. Dumb people think they've got it all figured out. As you said, back in the day, you felt like you knew you were smarter yeah. or whatever. The smarter you are, the more you realize that you don't know. Smart people are always saying, oh, I have so much I don't know. And it's like, oh, my God, you're so smart. How do you say that? And when, and when you say mentoring, to kind of finish this thought, I want people who, don't, who either don't have experience with any kind of formal or structured mentorship or who truly have 
no resources right now and say, well, I can't start with mentoring until I get resources. That's not true. Mentoring is whoever you're learning from in an mm. aspirational way. Mm -hmm. If you're learning from someone so that you can grow to be more like them or have something more aligned with what they have, you're getting mentorship. That can literally come from reading a book. Look, dude, look, here, here's the deal. So prior to, to spending the large amounts of money on mentors, I looked at them and said, what do they have? What are they doing? And so there was a common denominator. A lot of them had large social media followings. Right. A lot of them had podcasts. A lot of them had their own videographer in-house. And so I was like, okay, well, where do I start? I've got to have a videographer. So we hired a videographer without anything to film. We didn't know what the heck we were going to do, but that's what successful people do, right? Because right. we saw them. All we're doing is copying them. That's all you've got to do, right? If they wake up at 6 a.m., I can wake up at 6 a.m. They hired a videographer. I'll do that. They started a podcast. Cool. Let's start a podcast. They invested into social media to grow their brand. Sure, let's do that. Now, all of a sudden, we're in the same damn rooms as some of these guys that ultimately we copied, and now we're starting to hit even new levels based upon the fact that we copied them without really having to spend a, like, look, initially, I was absorbing information through podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's where I really started. Then people started talking about in podcasts how important it is to start reading books. I wasn't a big guy on books, but by default, I listened to so many successful people say how important it is. What did I start getting curious about? I needed to pick up a damn book. So I start picking up a book. Then people start talking about in these podcasts, meditating. Well, that's stupid. That's some crazy weirdo stuff. Right. But then all of a sudden, now I take 10 minutes in the morning and meditate. So you slowly start absorbing and turning into the information that you consume. Initially, do you have to spend $10,000 a month like Jeff and me? No, you don't. You, you need to start investing your time though. You need to start putting yourself in difficult situations like waking up at six in the morning, working out when you don't want to work out, doing the things that you don't feel like doing. It's easy to do the things that you feel like doing when you feel like doing them. It's difficult to do the things that you don't feel like doing it when you don't feel like doing it, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. When we're all motivated, we can all, you know, ah, but when you're unmotivated, do you still show up? right? Do, do you still try to constantly improve yourself? So it all starts with information that you put in between your ears. And there's tons of free information online, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcasts, whether it's reading books, whatever it is, you can consume information for free that'll get you to a specific level. But then you want to start surrounding yourself with other successful people. So that again, your network also gets greater, right? We do a little bit of business together with one of the companies, right? You're in our network and we do a little bit of business. This is just how it works. Business people love to do business with other business people. So as your network expands, when you invest into these groups, then your net worth expands. You know, it's funny that we invested $12,000 a month to be in, inside of this, this Arate group that we pay. That company that I told you earlier in the podcast, it's going to be doing five to $600,000 a month by this time next year. We got the information from that, from an individual, an attorney out of Georgia, we sat at dinner with him at one of the groups and he's like, well, I know how to generate leads for this industry. And I said, well, and it's a credit repair industry, right? He goes, I know how to generate leads for two to four bucks a piece. I said, no, you don't. He says, yeah, I do. He's like, but my problem is, is I don't know how to repair people's credit. And I said, well, we invested 80 grand last year into a process on how to repair people's credit. 
So he flew out to St. George. We swapped processes. We showed him our back end. He showed us our front end. He's going to now go be successful starting his own credit repair company. And then now that credit repair company is going to do five, six, seven million dollars a year in 2021. So you tell me how that 12 grand a month isn't worth it because we created that one connection that now just turned into a five to seven million dollar a year company within one year. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful groups are. That's how powerful networking is. That's how powerful investing in yourself is. That's just the truth. I, that, that, I, I can't cut it and I can't make it any more evident or obvious that a company was built on the back of investing into groups and I'm walking out of the group better as a human being and then now with a whole new business model. Yeah, you, I mean, you're exactly right. I, I think of that investment I made in that coach and, and he was, uh, at the time, he was living down in Cayman Islands. And so, like, essentially our first session was I was going to fly down the Cayman Islands and kind of spend a few days like mapping everything out. Right. Yeah. And I got down there and he was like, okay, Jeff, what I want you to do is make a list of like 20 things that you could talk about on video. And I was like, I I can't think of one thing. And he's like, no, he goes, well, did you ever, did a girl ever break up with you? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, great. Talk about it. You know, did, uh, did your mom, or, you know, do you, did you ever have to like, cut, you know, learn how to cut your own grass and, you know, okay, talk about it. I mean, like we all, or, do you know yeah, how to What was your car? experience like, growing up in school? Good. Yeah, bad, yeah, exactly. You know, so he's like, make experience. a list of just freaking things that make yeah. you a human being and give you commonality with other people and talk about it. And, and, and he was like, okay, now go outside, walk around the hotel. He was living at the Ritz Carlton in Grand Cayman Island. He had a suite for like a month. He's like, so there's these beautiful grounds here just walk around and start talking into your phone, shoot these videos. And I did. And then he was like, okay, great. Well, now you know what you need to do. So your next step is to actually post them, you know, but there you go. That's what you need to do. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, and I mean, we'll, we'll take it, we'll refine it from there. Mm-hmm. But the biggest obstacle is just getting over that hump of creating the content and putting yourself out there and suffering the slings and arrows that come from it and dealing with all the demons and, working through your stuff and just getting to be one of those guys yep. for you based on your goals. That's what you need to do. That's not necessarily everybody's prescription for everything, but that's your prescription for you and what you want to do. And anyway, my point is he was right. And so I look at it and, and I can source, I mean, my entire business now, I would say of the business that I have right now, which is a multiple, you know, I, I, I would say is going to be, is on its trajectory to literally be, pro- hopefully, God willing, a nine-figure empire business, like a big life-defining, earth-impacting business that I'm building. Mm-hmm. It all sources to those three days and the money that I spent to get there and the work that I did to do it. And it's no different than what you're saying. You're, in a way, your life or your business trajectory changed in one single dinner conversation. But that dinner conversation was facilitated by an investment, not just of money, mm-hmm. but of physically going to the place of creatively investing your mind and looking for synergies, looking for possibilities, sitting down at that dinner table, not being intimidated, not thinking, well, all I know is, you know, my stuff and I don't have any value to add to his stuff. Or, I mean, you had to invest time, energy, money, and, and you said it, man. You already said it. Enthusiasm, belief in yourself, and look at everything it's created. So was it worth it? Without a doubt. We spent 144 grand a year on that group, and some people are going to blow, wow, that much money? 
but that just so that you understand the profitability that we're going to have with inside of a credit, that, that company could be profiting three hundred to $400,000 a month right. by this time next year. I own 25% of that. So now I could be making an extra seventy-five dollars to $100,000 per month personally based upon the fact that we committed without a guarantee that this great opportunity is going to present itself. We went in there with just energy and enthusiasm, eager to learn, absorb information from people that are at a different level than we're at, um, sitting at dinner in Whistler, Canada, of all places, right? And sitting across from a guy named Ali Awad, right? He's an injury attorney. Uh, if you get injured, he'll get you a wad of money is his, is his slogan, right? Uh, but he, he's a great individual. The, the dude is a solid, solid human being. And, and, and uh, you know, we, it was just so crazy how just when you, when you really have good intentions, how the universe helps guide you Man. to that, that table at that moment, at that time to have that conversation. There's a hundred people inside this group. We sat at the, the one table of somebody that could have brought value to us mm-hmm. with that business model that we were already toying with. And I remember talking to you about that. You, had, you put up the money to, to get bonded. People are like, what did they spend 80 grand on? You have to get a bond to even be able to offer credit repair that, correct me if I'm wrong, that was like 50 grand, right? No, the bond, we, we only spent about five grand or so on, oh, okay. on the license and, and on the bond. We had, to, we had to buy the actual repair process that's unique, okay. right? Where you don't just print out the dispute letters on Google and just it's just kind of super basic stuff. But the reality is, is... So you're, you're saying you invested in, in buying that process and you didn't already know exactly how you were going to make money with it? We didn't know. We didn't well, that's know. That's stupid. It, it is stupid, right? But we probably just got lucky. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. Totally. So... Um, we, we, we were toying with the idea uh, of doing something. The process came to us. It was a cool process. We said, prove it. He was showing us 100 to 200 point increases within a month, you know? And I was like, holy cow, this is true and real. I watched one of our employees cry in the break room because she had 38 collections that got wiped off of her credit report and she was able to buy a house three months later. And so when I saw somebody physically crying in front of me, I'm like, holy cow, this thing has some power. Like this thing has the ability to change people's lives. I want that. And I didn't really know what we were going to do with it yet. And right. we had to slap a bunch of money on a credit card, you know, to, to be able to make it happen. Um, because the company that, that, that bought that process was struggling at the time. So we had to float it. We have other companies that are, that are successful making money. And, you know, that company was slowly really not really making, I mean, it, it was enough to stay open and we were making like a hundred grand a year from it, nothing crazy, but it was starting to dwindle like you were talking about. And so we knew that we would have to switch gears eventually, or else we would have to tell all these people to their face that they don't have a job. So we took the leap. We didn't even touch the stuff really for an entire year. We had the process for a year, but we didn't know how to generate the leads and mm-hmm. you know what, what's going to be the system or the process. So we, ha- we hung on to the old business model as long as we could, and then it slowly went away, and we were forced into credit repair to a certain extent, um, and it's turning out to be a beautiful thing. We so, were fighting what could have been one of the greatest blessings ever 
if we would have just made that pivot earlier. We were hanging on to the old and not willing to accept the new until we were forced to the point financially where we had to make the switch. And now it's, now it's literally doing very well. Is that a, is that, and this is not a, not, this was not set up or, or contrived at all, but is that a product that my audience could access if the, I assume they're in the United States? Yeah, it's, it's a United States product. I mean, they could look up 60-day credit repair. comes with a 90-day guarantee. If we don't hit X amount of points on your credit report within 90 days, then you're exited out is of that, the- Is that the domain, 60daycreditrepair.com? Yeah. Okay, and I don't have an affiliate link. Maybe I should have asked you for one, but I don't have it and I don't care. Everybody, I trust Trevor. I haven't vetted this, but I've vetted Trevor for years. And I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I have no doubt. So yeah. check that out, man. Um, or, or check that out, everyone, <laughs> not just you. Yeah, I mean, if you need it, great. You know, right. but I will tell you, it's, 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 again, this is, this is a fun, fun business to be in because we are impacting people's life for the better. You know, we're watching people say, I have a goal of wanting to buy a house. And then within two months, three months, they're in a situation where they can buy a house. Right. So this is what we talked about earlier in the conversation. It's fun to build businesses that can create an impact in other people's life, which makes mm -hmm. you feel good and you're able to make money from it. So let me can I, I want to ask you to kind of change gears a little bit and kind of okay. roll things back. So you're 19 years old. You get on the phones. You, you, you're good at sales or, or you start doing well. Were you a trained salesperson? No, I was Did a you have previous I was a, experience. I was a uh, I was a landscaper. Okay. So you're a landscaper. Uh, did you ever, did you go through some kind of sales training or, uh, you know, go to a, a, a three-day workshop or read a bunch of Tom Hopkins or anything like that? No, I sold golf balls to golfers as a kid. I'd hide in the bushes and find all the golf balls, but that was my, that was my sales experience going into So sales. why, how, how did you do that? Why were you any good at sales? Because I wanted it. Because I saw what other people were able to get with it. And I wasn't going to allow the opportunity to slip through my fingers. When I showed up my first day of work and I saw the cars that were parked in the parking lot, I knew that I'm going to make this work. There's an Escalade. There was a Hummer. There was a Porsche, right? right? There was these, these vehicles that I was just like, I was driving my parents' Ford. We called it the Ford Tortoise. It was a, a Taurus. Uh, but when I stepped on it, it would actually go slower because it had so many issues. Uh, so I had to slowly get it up to speed. So we called it the Ford Tortoise. But pulling up to, you know, uh, work that first day, um, I just looked around and I knew that there was opportunity. And I knew and how, did you, how did you learn? How did you seize that opportunity? What, would, what were the mechanics? Um, I, again, sur I, I watched certain people, surrounded myself again. And, and, and again, these people were great at the sales craft, but they had their ugly side, which was right. drugs or whatever. Right. So I analyzed again, I'm very good with analyzing things and, and seeing patterns. Right. So I would see somebody that was doing very, very well constantly week in, week out. So I wanted to emulate that guy. Why am I going to try to reinvent the wheel myself? It just doesn't make sense, but I wanted it so bad. I knew I didn't know anything. And that guy, his numbers spoke for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, he was making money. We all flat out knew how much you were making because you board your deals and you're on a 20% commission. So I'm like, holy cow, this guy makes 200 grand a year, you know, and I'm 19 just getting off of landscaping, making right. $100 a week. And I'm like, I had a buddy that was in sales and he says, I'm making 1500 a week. I said, that's not true. There's no possible way that doesn't exist on this earth. That's too good to be true. I was one of those people, right? right. Too good to be true people. 
And, and I thought to myself after a second, I said, if it doesn't work, I guess I can always go back to landscaping. That'll always be there. It's not like landscaping is going to disappear and I can't get a job at nine bucks an hour landscaping. So I gave it a shot. When I saw those vehicles and I started looking around the room, I said, I, I, I'm going to be great at this. I, I will not let this opportunity slip because I already knew what my upbringing was. I already knew what my education level was. I already knew that college wasn't in the cards for me because I already, I barely, barely got out of high school. Right. And so that education wasn't the path for me, uh, like becoming a doctor, lawyer, this, that, the other. So I had to be good at sales. Um, and so I just, I, I, I analyzed people. I copied them just like I did with what I just talked about. People that I wanted to be like had a podcast. So we started a podcast Instagram. Uh, okay. I'm going to double you know. It's interesting you say that, and I'm glad you say that. You know, again, none of this is scripted, but you're giving me the exact answers I want. <laughs> um, a, I, I think it makes me think of the book Think and Grow Rich. Then you know, it's 13 steps or th- it's the 13 key principles. Prin- of your, principles, yeah. Principles of wealth, and number one is burning desire, right? Just be, like white hot. I'm. I must have this. I will have this. And number two is faith, belief that it can be, it actually is possible, right? Um, but the other thing is, you mentioned this copycat sort of aspect. And I, have a, I actually have my best performing ad on YouTube right now. I run paid traffic on YouTube. My best performing ad is a video about essentially saying there's 1,700 new millionaires created every single day in this world. And I want to teach you the fastest way to become a millionaire. And, and it's clearly possible because it's happening 1,700 times a day. And think that's just North America, right? And I'll go ahead and give it away. The big secret, the fastest way to become a millionaire is to find another millionaire and copy them, right? And here's what I found. Yeah, it makes, and, and, and I love that you said it. You're like, look, I'm not, the, I, I barely got through high school. I'm not academic. College isn't in the cards for me, but I'm just smart enough Maybe I'm just dumb enough to copy another successful person. And the reason I say it that way is, you know, I sell education now for a living. I, yeah. my, my business is a, is a pretty robust, I mean, I've had tens of thousands of people come through and buy training on how to, basically how to copy other successful people. Yeah. And we've had quite a few really wonderful success stories, but I'm going to shock you. We've had even more what I would guess, I don't know everybody, but I would guess stories of people that did not get exactly what they would have said they were going to get when they came in. Now, there's a million different reasons for that. Of course. Some people don't even log in. They buy it and they never log in. Like it's probably unlikely. Some yep. people, they go, you know, it's, they go through two steps and they drop off. Some people, we call to offer them support. They don't answer the call. They don't call us back. Some people, uh, you know, I can, I can see that the video was 60 minutes long and they only ever watched the first five minutes of each video. Then they get impatient and they skip to the next one. There's a million reasons for it. I don't, I don't take ownership of them. But what I can tell you, I see, I see patterns. And there is a large number of people who think they're too smart. Or I say they're not, they don't think they're too smart. They act too smart to just do what we say. And sometimes I hear about them from our advisors. Sometimes I hear about them from our coaches. Sometimes they invest a lot of money into coaching only for us to determine that regardless of the money they spent, they actually are not coachable. 
they suck at being coached. And very often they have college degrees. Yep. They've been successful employees mm -hmm. and they think they know. And what they can't, they, they, they do what we half jokingly call smarting themselves stupid. They make it harder than it needs to be. They think it can't possibly be that simple. They think that I'm, I'm educated, I'm sophisticated, I'm smart, so I'm gonna do it the intellectual way. And they don't just be dumb and copy what we say. And I see it as almost an, it's almost a scourge inside of my system where like I would never say this, but it's almost like I don't actually want smart, well-educated people. Let's, I mean, let, let, let's look at it. How many people that go get college degrees end up using their college degree and they spend a ton of money on it? How many people drop out of college after being $20,000 in student loans and then they quit and give up and they walk away mm -hmm. from that? So it's not uncommon for people to think that they can buy themselves out of a situation. The problem is, is the money, I, I, I'm a firm believer you have to invest two things, time and money to be successful. You've got to invest both of them, right? So you can't just buy your way out of a negative scenario. And I think that's what a lot of people do is a lot. I made the investment. So by default, I should be getting a return. Yeah. And, and in college, it's like, well, I made the investment. So in return, I should be getting a job. In entrepreneurship, it's I made the investment and everybody's looking at me going, so what? So did we. What have you done? Yeah. Like personally, I would actually say this. It doesn't surprise me one bit that you were successful in sales, successful in entrepreneurship, successful in a number of things based on the fact that you were a landscaper. Because if we know anything, you are a landscaper in St. George, Utah, where it's 110 degrees in the summer, you know how to work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that is a much greater predictor of success in business, in my experience, than your college degree or your IQ. I agree. And I see it, I see it clear as day because I have data and visibility and, and, and a lot of anecdotal evidence from my advisors, like smart, well-educated people who've traded degrees for jobs, a lot of times are pretty bad at just shutting up and taking massive amounts of action. Well, I think that they're so smart that they're realistic. Say that again. That was beautiful. I just came up with that one too. There's, that's they're, so they're, good. They're, they're, they're so smart that they're realistic. I'm yeah. so dumb that I believe that I could achieve at a high level. Like logic doesn't enter my mind when I'm over there like, I want this. I want that. Now, if I started looking at the numbers, what percentage of people own that? And it's like, oh, that's 0.001% of people have a yacht or have this mansion or own their own plane. So realistically, I shouldn't put that down as a goal, right? Being realistic. Smart people are realistic because they utilize data that it's available to them. The average person gets X. And if they get a little bit above what the average person gets, they're good. You know, if right. the average person makes 70 grand a year, if I made 80 or 90, I'm going to be happy because I'm above average or whatever it is. Again, they're looking at data. Smart people look at data and analyze data. The reality is, is 63 or 64% of businesses break even or lose money every single month. That's a real statistic. Google it out of 32 million businesses in the United States. So the data tells you if you're a smart person to not start a business. Right.
I'm dumb enough to go against data. Smart <laughs> people utilize data and they educate themselves through data, through being realistic. This is realistic information. Hmm. I don't, I, I don't, I don't play that game. I don't play that game. I, I, I have a whole different set of rules that I live my life by. It's, I mean, that's honestly, you just nailed it. You're right. They're, they're smart enough to be realistic. You know, when I started affiliate marketing in 2008, I signed up in this program and I didn't know the data when I signed up, but I learned it later because three years later I had done so well in that program. They invited me to come help them run their operations. And then I got to see all the data. When I saw the data, what I found out is that out of over 40,000 people who had signed up in that program, my numbers were in the top five. Mm. If you had told me that when I started that, you know, cause I mean, I was doing you know, 70, $80,000 a month at, in gross at that time. Yeah. And if you had, and, and, and here's the thing, when I signed up, I was, I was almost $500,000 in debt because I lost these, franchi these two franchise restaurants and, and I was a jazz piano player. I didn't have any skill. There was no way I was going to make that kind of money. And so when I signed up, I signed up because I needed to pay off half a million dollars in debt in a couple years. So I actually, the only acceptable level of result, of result for me was at least like 30, 40 grand a month. You when knew I nothing up. outside of what you needed. You yeah, and, you and so that was, I was, I, that's the only reason I said, if somebody had said, hey, Jeff, if you make 10 grand a month, you'll still be in the top two or 3%. I would have been like, no, no, I'm not signing up. I got to yeah. make 30 or 40 grand a month. But because I didn't know the data, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I, I see how that's possible. And I know my back's against the wall. So I know I'll do the work. Within six months, I was between 40 and 80 grand a month. I did that for a couple of years, paid off all the debt, found out another year later that I was like number three or four out of 40,000 people. Mm. But I was, I was ignorant of the data, like you said. Exactly. So exactly. I never stopped to think. I just knew, well, if it's possible, I know nobody's willing to work harder than me. And I know other people have done it and I'm just gonna copy them. Like it's so simple. Success is so simple. Find somebody who's really successful, copy what they did, outwork everyone, which by the way, anyone, this is the, this is a paradoxical statement, but anyone can outwork everyone because most people won't. It's a fact, right? Like the issue, the real issue is you can flat out map something out to a T to get something exactly what that individual says that their goals are. But if they started going through the process, they'd still, the majority of people still quit and give up. Yeah. Why do we know for a fact, like, so success isn't guaranteed in business. We know struggle is guaranteed if right. you go into business, right? But what is guaranteed if you do eat healthy and exercise every day, guaranteed 100% of the time, 100% of the people will end up getting results if you did that every day for two or three years. So right. therefore, we have the data on that. Why isn't everybody in the United States fit? Because it, it was never it, a shortage of data. It, it takes work. Right. Yeah. You actually right. have to do the work. Scientifically, we know for a fact everybody can be healthy, provided you do this and this. Right. Two simple steps: eat healthy and exercise. It's that simple. But we want to buy the six-minute abs or the fat-burning pill 
or the this or the that. We're trying to overcomplicate it. Just like you said, a lot of things are more simple than what people realize. It's just you're trying to buy yourself out of the work. Stop. You want a shortcut? Stop looking for shortcuts. That's your shortcut. Yeah. And start putting in the work. Right? You know, you mentioned Ed Milet. I, I, I love him. You know what I love most about Ed Milet? Is at the end of the day, you boil all the water out of the pan and where he made most of his money, or I mean, to the extent that I know, I'm not like the expert on Ed Milet, but yeah. a freaking MLM. An MLM? World Financial oh, Group, dude. Without, it, without a doubt. It, it's a little more sophisticated because it's financial products or whatever. At the end of the day, you recruit, you get, they sell, you get a percentage of what they sell. They recruit, you get a percentage of what they sell. You build a team, you build an organization. It's a flipping MLM, dude. And statistically, you take that guy on day one at World Financial Group and you say, Ed, here's the data. Here's the, here's the, the FTC mandates that we give you an income disclosure statement telling you what percentage of World Financial Group representatives make even more than $20,000 a year. Heck, what percentage of them even make their initial investment back? You look at those reports yeah. and you're like, hell no, I'm not doing that. That's the worst yeah. business model in the world. Well, try telling that to Ed Milet. Say, hey, this is the worst business model in the world. By the way, congrats on making half a billion dollars. It's, an, it's incredible that individuals continue to still make an excuse of why they can't be somewhere when there's 1,700 new millionaires a day. All you need to know that it's possible. If it's possible, I'm going to bet on myself. Too many people aren't betting on themselves anymore. So bet on yourself, put in the work, and invest into knowledge, information, groups, mentors, coaches, and just be disciplined through consistency. Show up every single day. There were, when I was first trying to get the uh, first business off the ground, the first four years, I didn't take a day off or a vacation. You know, that's just the truth. Because, and, and again, driving the Lancer the whole time, $3,000, you know, um, there, there's just certain things, certain levels of discipline. And again, I'm, I'm calloused, I'm hardened because of those experiences. So I'm not scared of, you know, uh, going through something difficult or making sacrifices anymore because I've already done that. That's, and, I'm, and, and it's easy to do. You know, it's, it's crazy from my vantage point. And, and I'm, again, I think there's a unique vantage point that we get when we start being dumb or crazy enough to put ourselves out there acting like we have something to say or some value to add, right? Like we're not smart enough to be realistic and go, well, the world doesn't need another authority. The world doesn't need another influencer. The world doesn't need another podcast, right? Um, and we start doing that. And then we get this kind of unique vantage point on like the human condition, I, I feel. I do and too. I, and I get these, these message threads. I'm, I'm not trying to show the guy's name, but I get these message threads. And it's so crazy because you see these, you see the human minds play out. Yes. Where like people message and they're like, hey, I just got your thing. The video's not working. And I'm like, what video? And he says, I'm so, you know, oh, it's the first video. I'm so ready to start. I was in an abusive situation four months ago, um, but I just left and, my, and I've got my family telling me I can't do this, but I know that I can. And I believe with your help, I can do this. And I say, I'm so glad you're here, man. You got this, like, you know, encouraging. He goes, thanks. That means so much to me, just that you believe in me. And then he, you know, he keeps going and he's like, I'm working. And this is only like, it's only like three days later. 
he says, hey, I'm, I, got, I just talked to my guy and I said, oh, good. Yeah, he's, you're in great hands. He's going to help you out, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then like a couple days later, he's like, yeah, I got another call, but I, I, I wasn't sure. And I'm like, I don't think that was us. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, he probably signed up for a couple things online, right? Mm. And all, somebody yep. else called him and maybe said something like, oh, no, but don't do that. Come do this. And all yeah. of a sudden he's, he's conflicted. He's got this little seed of doubt. Yep. And then I said, Hey, well, you know, it makes sense. I called and he sent me a number and I called him and it's like, it, because I, I took, I kind of took heart with the kid. Like he was a young guy. I think he was probably 19 or 20. He told me he wasn't, he wasn't a minor cause I won't go back and forth with minors, but like he was a younger guy. I liked his story. I wanted to help him. I checked out this. I told him what the other program was. And then he, he messages me again out of the blue. He's like, hey, what's a vacation like? I've never been on one. And I, go, I told him, I'm like, I sell them. I said, it's fun, but honestly, I get bored and kind of antsy because I miss my work. It's best if I make sure I take my laptop so I can stay productive. Hang in there. You'll get there, man. He says, thanks. That means a lot more than you ever know. It's been hard, but I know I can get there. And then the next day, he says, sometimes I feel like giving up. And I didn't respond because not because I'm a jerk, but because I get like oh, probably 50 of these a day at this point, I missed it. The next day he sends me a message that says unsubscribe. I mean, he's not subscribed. He's just having a conversation with me. You don't unsubscribe from a conversation, but it's like, so then the ne I didn't respond to that. Next day he says, I can't do this. I'm sorry, man. I just can't. Sorry if I bothered you. And then I message him. I'm like, Hey man, you can do this. Like, you know, nothing's changed. Give it time. Like you're, you're looking for that instant result. We're only, you're measuring time in days, but success takes probably years at the very least months. Oh yeah. And then he finally just says, I'm not joking. Unsubscribe. Leave me alone. Mm. And I'm like, that's one guy. But I mean, I wasn't like engaging him. What really he was fighting with himself. Yeah. That, that's an internal battle. And, and that's really the battles that are, you know, if you, again, when you could keep promises to yourself, you'll start to like, you'll start to notice things, right? Like when you're getting out of bed and you don't feel like getting out of bed, you're, you're literally staring in the, like your brain in the face. And when it's saying, don't do it, the bed is warm. You worked out, you've done good three days in a row. You could take this one off. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you start seeing it. You're like, oh my God, the force of average is coming at me. You're trying to keep me down, trying to keep me comfortable. So now I reframe that when I, when I, when I wake up in the morning and I hear that voice trying to sell that excuse, I reframe it and I say, I see you. This is an opportunity for me to become stronger. I just reframe it. I think about that thought differently. The problem is, is, Critical thinking doesn't happen anymore. Critical thinking is the, the idea of thinking about the thought that entered into your mind rather than just trusting the thought right when it comes in. Yeah, the bed is warm. You're right. Okay. Fall back asleep, right? So you're trusting that first thought. Critical thinking, you have to break down the thought and ask yourself, is this a logical decision to make? Will this help me get where I want to go or is this working against me? And when you can think about the thought and logically say, well, logically, if I don't get out of bed, I'm not going to get to my goals. I need to become more disciplined. I need to be hardened. I wanted to run a marathon this year. I need to get up and go for that run. And you can logically 
start seeing your brain play these tricks on you. And then when you understand it, you see that it's just an opportunity for you to get stronger. You don't have to listen to it. I read anytime my brain is working against me, I use that as an opportunity for growth. You don't let that beat you. That kid just let his brain win. He could have shut that brain. He could have worked against it and grown as an individual, become more disciplined. And he could be controlling his life rather than have his brain on autopilot controlling all of his decisions for them. And when you actually take time to meditate in 10 minutes, you sit there with your eyes closed and thoughts just arise. But since you're, there's no visual there, you actually then start thinking about the thought. And then that gives you the ability to start utilizing that to your advantage called critical thinking. The problem is, is we're not thinking about our thoughts anymore. Every single day we wake up, we open our, open our phones. Information is getting thrown at our brain. Our brain is just reacting. It's absorbing. It's reacting. It's absorbing. There's so much going on. I show up to work. I'm, you know, doing all these things. When do I have the ability to be with my thoughts and think about my thoughts and really watch what pops up, analyze it, think about it, and then, and then start getting to know myself better. And once you really start knowing yourself and you have full control that again, every morning I wake up, I don't want to get out of bed, but I, again, that's an opportunity for me to become stronger. That's, you know, people just believe the first thought that enters their mind because they've been accustomed to doing it for so long. But again, you've become accustomed to do it so long that your brain's put you in a bad situation. So now you need to think about your thoughts and actually make logical decisions. This is a high frequency decision or is this a low frequency decision? Staying asleep is a low frequency decision. It's not going to ultimately serve me or help me because I had a goal. I said I was going to do something. A high frequency decision is not listening to this. It's getting out of bed and still doing what I said I was going to do and keeping a promise to myself. Therefore, my self-confidence then also increases because I know if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And now when you talk to other people, you can talk with confidence because you know when you say you're going to do something, you do it and you back it up. People know that they're full of shit. When they, when they tell somebody that they're going to do something, they even second guess themselves. Will I really do that? Am I going to follow through? Because they don't even follow through on the promises that they make themselves. Therefore, they're not a self-confident person. Confidence is, is grown through keeping promises to yourself, not other people. And you know, the reason we have to do that, I think we have to do what you just said. It's not optional. And, the re and when I say it's not optional, it's what we're supposed to do, like at an at a existential, like ontological, moral level. We are supposed to do it because we can, because we are the only species who can. Thinking thoughts doesn't make you human. It just makes you alive. Yep. No different than a rabbit or a turtle. They just follow instinct. They yeah. react. And, and instinct for them is a thought. It's a flicker. It's a, it's a neural yep. trigger that directs their body or their, or, you know, or their attention. Thinking about our thoughts. Mm. As far as we know, there's actually only one species that can do that. And not to get religious, but to the extent that we believe that there is a createdness about man because it has some sort of special purpose. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that that is 
maybe the thing that separates us from all the other created animals. So what, for whatever that special purpose may be for which man was created, if that's our differentiating factor, it stands to reason we're probably supposed to do it. If right? we have the ability to do it, you probably should do it in the majority of scenarios, right? You yeah. shouldn't rob somebody or, you know, do something, you know. Well, uh, robbing somebody, it would be a, an id, low-frequency, basic animal type of instinct. Exactly. exactly. You know, and so – I mean, I, I, again, I just look at things differently based upon my experiences, right? Like if I, like, I, I if I don't want to get out of bed, I, I force a thought into my mind that, you know, my buddy that died a year and a half ago doesn't have that opportunity. You know, there's somebody in a wheelchair right now without legs that would give anything to be up at six in the morning and go for a three or four mile run. They would do anything. And the fact that somebody has the ability to do it and they choose not to do it when there's somebody that would love the ability to do it that doesn't have the ability to do it, it's just disrespectful. And that's how I view it. So however you have to play tricks on yourself to start reframing yeah. thoughts and looking at things differently, however you got to do it for yourself, you've got to, again, this is just self-awareness. I know what I can say to myself to get myself out of bed. I know how to reframe my thoughts. I know how to think about my thought and, and go through a critical thinking scenario. Right. And, and, and all of this stuff is developed over time. Just wanting, it has to start with you wanting better, wanting more and willing to put in the work and then beat level one, level two, level three. And you'll just continue to evolve as an individual. And then, uh, you know, probably be teaching me and Jeff a thing or two in 10 years. Right? Well, well, here's what I would say. Like if I had the chance to say to that guy who unsubscribed from our conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, is I understand, like you said, it's hardest sometimes to keep promises to yourself. I understand how if you're struggling with self-worth, faith, drive, culture, environment, it can be hard to believe that, if, that it's, it's, it can be hard to sell yourself on doing that for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors. But what I would say to him is, you know, I don't, he, you come from an abusive family. You told me that. I think he might have had a health challenge when he was younger. He, he mentioned, he kind of alluded to. If you're struggling to sell yourself on I deserve this or I can achieve this, that's fine. But isn't there someone else out there who might be struggling with similar things or even harder things yep. who you would love to inspire by sharing what you've dealt with and sharing what you've overcome? And so if you can't sell yourself on the on on your own awareness of your own merits. Sell yourself on the altruism of serving someone else that you could potentially inspire. And if I could say to that guy, I would say, look, you can unsubscribe from helping yourself, but don't unsubscribe from helping someone else. And the fact is who you are, not who I am, but who you are could be exactly what someone else needs to see to believe in themselves. Don't unsubscribe from that, you know? Uh, and like you said, getting up in the morning might be hard, but at some level, it might be what someone else needs you to do. Exactly. I'll tell you this. Um, again, I don't reward myself very often from some of the success that I've had. Again, I still live in the same house, drive the same truck. Nobody could tell me that success isn't worth it when I cut the check for my, first, my mom's first house payment, when I told her I'm going to start making her house payments. Yeah. And I watched her break down and cry in front of me. That it was a moment that she saw 
that I got to a specific, that was one of my biggest goals is because of the amount of stress and struggle that I've, I, I've watched her cry to the, the utility department to keep our lights on with seven kids in the house with, you know, three bedrooms, one bathroom, right? I've, wa- I've seen pain. I've seen struggle. I've put her through pain and struggle, be- being a failure in school, uh, being a drug addict, having her have to watch me go through that, right? So one of my biggest goals was to make sure that she's taken care of. And I'll tell you this, again, what Jeff just said, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the people that you love, because it's your responsibility. Somebody has to take that responsibility, or it's going to be generational poverty forever. So you want your kids, 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 kids to, 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 to be affected because your kids see that you couldn't give up on yourself so many damn times, but you tell them to believe in themselves and that they can do whatever they want and be whoever they want to be when they grow up, but yet you've settled. They'll see what you're doing far more than what that, that, them, them hearing you on what you're telling them. Your actions are speaking far louder. And I'm telling you right now, nobody can tell me that the amount of pain and struggle and stress and fight that you have to endure to be successful isn't worth the moment of being able to start paying for your freaking parents' house. I've watched that and I sat that right, I had that moment. And that moment, that one moment by itself made the eight years worth of struggle 100% worth it. Mm -hmm. So again, what Jeff said, if you don't do it for your damn self, do it for the people that are watching you. Do it for the people that you say that you love and that you care about that you say that you will do anything for. Well, anything also is a part of doing things that are difficult and seeing it through. That, that, that is a part of anything when you say that you'll do anything. So do that, right? It's not, I'll do anything but do all the hard work. I'll do anything but eat, uh, right, and exercise, but I'd love to do anything to get healthy. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't exclude shit like that, right? Like, Nobody's going to say, I'll do anything except for eating healthy and exercising, but I want to lose 50 pounds. Now what? Right, right, you, right. Can't, you can't exclude all, do, all say, those. Try any, any infomercial yeah, gizmo like, or any, any, you know, I'll buy any DVD or I'll subscribe to any, Pel, you know, membership like Peloton or Fitbit yeah. or whatever. But no, actual exercise and actual nutritious food, I can't try those, but I'll try everything else. I mean, a lot of people are guilty of buying the home workout equipment and then it sits in their garage or in that room and it just collects dust. We made the initial investment, but the real investment is the work. Right. Right. And it's the same with business. The real, the money part of it is just the start. Then the work begins. Yeah. Right. Is that's just the truth of the matter. Well, listen, man, I think that we honestly, if we were to, if we were to pick a moment, this would be a great moment to say, Hey, let's, Let's wrap because if we're going to yeah. leave anything ringing in someone's ears, yeah. I, love, I love the idea that it's if, you, if you're having trouble building up the belief or the drive to do it for yourself, maybe, it's, maybe that's an indicator that you're meant to think about who else you could do it for. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and I know that you've helped a lot. Of, I mean, you've told a story here. I, I know you've helped other people. I can think of times in my life when I've been able to do exactly what the type of thing you just described, where it's like that one moment just justifies a decade of blood, sweat, and tears, if that's what it took, you know? That's that's the truth. You don't, you you never, there's not one successful person that says, I wish I wouldn't have put in the work. There's not one fit person on the earth that said, man, 
I wish I wouldn't have put in that two years of cardio and lifting and exercise. Like everybody on the other side always says it's worth it. So why can't you just believe that everybody on the other side might be onto something? It, I can, and and it, to, to bring it all home, the, and as, as I suspect is the case with this guy I was messaging with, because the other people around you are maybe a bad influence because they're not acting as if they believe it. And, and it's energy, to your point, energy is highly contagious. Highly. Cool, man. Well, uh, I loved it, dude. In the I, sense think, that I think we could talk for another 10 hours. You yeah, know? no, I mean, seriously, for real. Uh, in the sense that energy is contagious, this has been amazing for me. I started yeah. my day strong, and I feel like we're, we're finishing strong here. Yeah. Um, Likewise. Let's let everybody know how they can access your, your podcast and your online presence. I, I'm sure people are going to want more. Yeah, no, if, if, uh, if you want to, you know, reach out or, you know, send a message or just check us out in general, just to have information, you could, you can find us at real business owners on Instagram, real business owners on YouTube, real business owners on Facebook and the podcast itself, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, you just search real business owners. So, um, I do answer every single direct message on Instagram. So if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, feel free to send a message and, and, and I'll reach back out to you. So you run five companies, create all this content, participate in these high level groups, and you answer every single direct every. message on a, on a profile that has 85,000 followers and fast growing. Mm-hmm. And I comment back to every comment. So there's some cases I'm commenting 70 to 80 comments and answering 70 to 80 DMs on a daily basis, plus operating businesses and you know, making time for our podcasts and, you know, other stuff like so that. So when people say, is it easy to grow a, a major Instagram presence? Say that again. Is it easy? You've grown a, I mean, 13 months ago, 85, I have an Instagram channel. I know how hard that is. Mm -hmm. My question is, is it easy? Is there a shortcut? <laughs> um, you have to all out commit. You just, there, there's not, so, so there, there are things that you can do. You could spend your way into getting a high following, but again, that's a high level of commitment. Like it, it, again, don't expect a return from something that you're not investing time and money. Right. Okay. So I can't set up an Instagram account and just start posting positive posts and say, man, this thing is not working. You know, I haven't invested time and money time, meaning a year, two years, three years, money means, you know, I have a set budget where we spend $3,000 a month growing that Instagram account. So I spend $100 a day to get more followers. And I have a podcast detailing everything that I do uh, or everything that I've done to get that Instagram account where I've got it. But I made a commitment to hire a videographer prior to a guaranteed of any results. I didn't know if somebody was going to like me or hate me. I felt insecure initially going into it, wondering you know, how, how I'm going to bring value to people. But, you know, eventually you, you, you just start putting out information and then you get a couple comments that are positive. You get a lot of the negative yeah. <laughs> and you try to shun those away. And, you know, you get your battle armor with some of the negative comments, but it's just all out commitment. You know, we committed to hiring a videographer. We committed to starting a podcast. We committed to growing this Instagram account, no matter what it took. And so we were just in the lab, so to speak, just testing different things, testing ads, testing this, testing that, until I, I spent $30,000 finding what didn't work. Mm -hmm. 
And then all of a sudden I found what did work. So some people would say that's a loss, but the 30,000 was an investment into the information that I now know. Sounds like an education. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting. We talked about doing hard things. I think I want to, I want to add to that or maybe color that that because I deal with this a lot. I have a lot of people that'll say, well, I do hard things. I do hard things every day at my job. Do it. I mean, it's specific to entrepreneurship, but I would say in general to creative endeavors, it's doing hard things in the absence of an assured result. And it's doing hard things uh, not based upon an expectation of an outside force telling you to do hard things or else you won't get paid. Right. right? right. So it's, it's, it's self-imposed, right? You have to hold yourself accountable when it's an employer telling you to do hard things. You're like, well, if I don't do it, I might get fired. So I'm right. forced to do these hard things, right? When you could do hard things when nobody's breathing down your neck and you still convince yourself to follow through with it, even though your brain knows all your weaknesses, it, can, it knows that you like sleep. It knows to tell you the bed is warm. It gives you credit that you worked out for five days straight. It knows your weaknesses. So it, again, that's a tough battle to win, yeah. but it's possible. Well said, man. Well said. Cool, man. Well, right, uh, I, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be continuing to watch and listen to your podcast and uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. This has Absolutely. been tremendous. I, uh, I've got your partner, Kale, coming on uh, in a few weeks, I, th- yep. I think next month. And I'm really stoked about that. And I'm just proud to call you a friend and a, and a, and a mentor. And I love watching what you guys are doing. Likewise. Likewise. We feed, we feed each other, fuel each other, dude. It's, it goes both ways. So I For appreciate sure. you even extending the invite to, to have this type of a conversation and, and have a platform like you do to educate other people and put them in a better situation, empowering them through other people's stories. That's a, it's, it's super commendable. So. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming on. And thanks for everyone who watched or listened. Uh, make sure to check out Trevor and Real Business Owners, tremendous people. And thank you for your support. I guess if you're seeing this on YouTube I sh- and you haven't yet, I'll ask you for a subscribe or at least a thumbs up if you've, if you've gotten value out of this conversation. Um, just go be awesome, man. That's, life is meant to be awesome. Trevor, I think, has articulated well what it takes to make it so. So just uh, do the damn work, right? Do the work. You just finished this episode of The Jeff Lerner Show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.